You're listening to Closing the Gaps in Non-Small Cell Lung Cancer on ReachMD, sponsored by Lilly. Here's your host, Dr. Paul Dagramji. Despite exceptional therapeutic advancements for patients with non-small cell lung cancer over the past several years, a five-year survival rate of only 19% makes this one of the most persistently daunting cancers to treat. One of the biggest blind spots for us is not knowing whose disease is going to metastasize quickly and who, by extension, would benefit from the most aggressive treatments up front. But the entrance of better detection methods, such as biomarkers and assay tests, could change all of that. So how do we get there and what lies ahead? That's coming up in today's program. Welcome to Closing the Gaps in Non-Small Cell Lung Cancer on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Paul DeGramji, and here to help us look at current and future innovations in lung cancer detection is Dr. Tony Hu, Professor and Weatherhead Presidential Chair in Biotechnology Innovation at Tulane University Medical School. Welcome to you, Dr. Hu. Hi, glad to be here. To catch our audience up on your current work, you co-authored a recent study investigating a potential serum biomarker for early identification of metastatic disease, and it's gotten a lot of attention for its potential to put biomarkers on the same sentence as lung cancer. So, Dr. Hu, can you walk us through the development and the work that went into this study? Where the motivation comes from for this study is really come from the, my personal experience and because lung cancer is the number one cancer in the world. And every year, many, many people died, lost by this uh, very aggressive cancer. Several the very close cousins died by lung cancers. And so I actually experienced the, the whole procedures and how they were diagnosed. Someone was diagnosed at a later stage, and before that, they really didn't feel very much. And so once they were diagnosed, they had been the stage four. And also, for example, like my uncle, he was very healthy, and when they diagnosed, is in the middle stage. And the doctor said, well, based on the, the current diagnosis, it looks like it's very mild, but after half of a year, and it become very aggressive. So this is really painful for many people. When I met my co-answers, the collaborator, uh, Dr. Zhong Xingliao from MD Anderson Cancer Center, we realized she has a very organized, well-organized clinical course for us to thoroughly study if there is any effective biomarkers for us to predict the cancer metastasis in the patients. So that's how we start this project. Very interesting. So can you speak to this journey, Dr. Hu, towards identifying biomarkers for such an aggressive disease and, and how your background as well as those of your colleagues helped advance the cause? Well, my background is pretty similar as many other scientists. I was trained in the biomedical engineering and then we started biomarker discovery based on the nanotechnology. Uh, so many other people work on the same field and we respect each other. If you really like to know what's the difference between our research and others, and I think I would say we really like to focus on the a biomarker which can provide the very, uh, the very strong diagnostic power. There's many, many 
the biomarkers basically in the field. For example, circulating tumor cell, circulating tumor DNA, or cancer antigens. So why do we don't have a very robust cancer diagnostic? I say so far because those biomarkers generally in the, they're in the very low concentration. And for example, like the cancer circulating tumor cell, and probably in the milliliters of blood, you can detect a single digit of cells. So the low concentration of those biomarkers will result in the false positive and false negative issues. Then we actually focus on the extracellular vesicle because we believe if we have tools to detect the tumor-derived or tumor-specific, the extracellular vesicle, and based on the amount of uh, the vesicles in the teeny tiny amount of blood, and we can really offer the stronger diagnostic power. And for example, every single tumor cell can secrete 10,000 vesicles every day. And in the one microliters of plasma or serum, and you can detect the 10 to the seventh power vesicle. So again, if you have the way to specifically capture the tumor-specific extracellular vesicles and the diagnostic power on this IC should be much greater than others. Let me track back to a basic question for you. Why has it been so hard to pinpoint biomarkers or any other means of detecting patients with the most aggressive lung cancer types early on? Well, that's a really good question. That's why we want to trigger the blood-based biomarker discovery. And you know right now the, the most diagnostic method for lung cancer or gold standard is to rely on the invasive method and to confirm these patients with the, have the lung cancer so imaging technologies or the tissue tissue slide, and so it's not always available. And if a patient really don't feel any strong symptoms, they won't do this because it's very expensive and time consuming. And so if you have uh, the blood test and it could be handled pretty easily, they can quickly give the patients some feedback. So that would be very ideal. So we have a, a lot of uh, the cancer screening test based on the blood test, but uh, those markers, there is no much specificity. And uh, sometimes, if the, as I mentioned for your last question, if the biomarker is in a very low concentration, they won't be very sensitive either. So we really need a, a biomarker with the confirmative uh, message and also at a very uh, at a little bit higher amount uh, for us to capture, uh, then we can offer the the, uh, the strategy for early detection. For those just tuning in, you're listening to closing the gaps in non-small cell lung cancer on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Paul DeGramji, and today I'm speaking with Dr. Tony Hu, senior author of a study examining a potential biomarker for early identification of metastatic lung cancer. So, Dr. Hu, we alluded to there being various ways in which lung cancers could be detected earlier. From your vantage point in the biotechnology field, what research avenues are you most excited about these days? Well, many things. <laughs> There's many things that happening, right? So, back to 10 years ago, when the people first heard the personalized diagnosis, we're pretty excited. But with the development of multiple technologies. Right now, that we have more options to conduct a personalized diagnosis research. 
And so at the NCI, the sponsored uh, the network, which is called the Early Detection Research Network. So there are many teams, they make the joint effort in providing the, the personalized diagnostic solutions. And so the later on, based on the, the different biomarkers contributed, in, probably including ours, and that the doctors can offer the more specific or more personalized the, the solutions for each patient. That, that will be pretty ideal for cancer management. And talking about others, I think uh, AI, that's uh, another very exciting uh, field for, uh, for diagnosis. And also, we also need uh, more the uh, materials-driven the detection assay, and like uh, the nanomaterials and, uh, and others. And for the therapy, of course, the immunotherapy got the, the great uh, the development recently, uh, especially for lung cancer. But um, uh, we still have uh, the some, something to address. And the side effect, how to evaluate or how to the, do the risk assessment for those side effects triggered by the immunotherapy, that could be the, the next target for us. What are you seeing from other clinical or laboratory-based fields for research that holds a lot of potential to improve early detection of lung cancers? Many group is working on the next generation sequencing and AI. So um, also the, the breakthrough discovery in the imaging technologies and all of them is contributing for uh, the personalized diagnosis and lung cancer based on their natures, it could be quite different between each individual. And so such multiple or multidisciplinary effort can definitely push forward the personalized diagnosis of lung cancer. So do you think it's going to take a long time before these different avenues of bench research make it to the bedside? Or are we actually close to a major change in the way we go about detecting lung cancer? This is a really good question, and I think that really depends on how scientists design research at the very beginning. If the scientist has the training or has the common science about how FDA approved your detection assay for the clinical application, the pipeline could be much shorter. But if we only focus on, okay, we want to increase the sensitivity and the specificity, and that's it, without thinking about the, the requirement from FDA, so this way could be longer. So it's a very necessary for the research scientist to understand how FDA or how the, even the clinical trial handled the detection assay uh, in the disease diagnosis. But for us, and because the technology we designed to profile the extracellular vesicles, that's really considered how to minimize the variation between persons, between the, the different locations, and how the temperature uh, affect uh, the operations. And the sample will be uh, significantly influenced by transportation conditions. So we considered this very well. So when we de deliver the technology and the profiling of those vesicles, our assay is pretty robust and reproducible. That's actually the highly required by the clinical conditions. This study for this project definitely we're aiming to push forward to the clinical applications through the startup company commercialization. What do you see as the next priorities for the biotech research and industry sectors to most effectively move the needle on survival rates for patients with non-small cell lung cancer? Well, there's so many needs. 
in this field, right? There's a, there's a lot of things we haven't addressed yet. I think uh, the commercialization or the industry should focus on collaborating with not only the research scientist and also the public health researcher, because the scientists in the public health field can better understand how the human living behavior affect the spread out of this disease. And also the commercialized industry should also focus on producing the more convenient kit for people to screen themselves. So that would do a better job in controlling the disease. So, Dr. Hu, before we wrap up, do you have any other thoughts you'd like our audience to take away from your topic today? Well, I would say that for not only for cancer, lung cancer, breast cancer, pancreatic cancer, and also for other infection diseases, we need a lot of effort, not only from the scientists, also from the industries, from the clinic, and also from the government. But right now, the, for biomedical field, and I think uh, the joint effort is, uh, is still not enough, especially the international effort. So I really urge all people from the, any field and uh, so can, they can open mind for scientific collaborations. So it's a very necessary to keep fighting with uh, the different type of uh, pathogens. Well, with those parting comments, I want to thank my guest, Dr. Tony Hu, for walking us through some current and future innovations in lung cancer detection. It was great having you on the program, Dr. Hu. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Closing the Gaps in Non-Small Cell Lung Cancer, sponsored by Lilly. To access other episodes of this series, visit ReachMD.com slash NSCLC where you can be part of the knowledge.